0: It's my hope that whatever you do in the industrial water treatment community, that you do it with excellence. And if you're in the same type of water treatment that I'm in, I do that by maintaining my certified water technologist designation. I know so many of you out there are studying for that prestigious certification and I'm here to help. I've answered each one of the mock exam questions, letting you know the logic behind how questions are asked, and also doing all the math to show you how to set things up so you can easily find the right answer and make sure you don't select one of those sneaky wrong answers. Go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash CWT prep. Again, that's scalinguph2o.com forward slash CWT prep to sign up today. Hello, everybody. This is Trace Blackmore. I'm really sad to announce that this is going to be the last episode of the Scaling Up H2O podcast. We've had a good run, and um, some people have enjoyed this show, but we've just decided that we're not going to keep the show on the air, and um, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Did I get you? April Fools, everybody. I would not give up this show. I love doing this show more than anything. And by the way, welcome to the Scaling Up H2O podcast. I'm Trace Blackmore. I'm not going anywhere. Neither are you, the members of the Scaling Up Nation. Have you fooled somebody with April Fools yet? I'm wondering, did I get you with that one? Let me know if uh, if you were actually worried about that. You know, I looked up April Fool's. April Fool's has been around since 1563. Of course, that's if the internet is correct. So apparently it used to be called All Fool's Day back in the 1700s. And people just enjoy making other people feel foolish or doing practical jokes. I hope I didn't upset anybody out there. Of course, that was in good fun, and I hope we always have some good fun on this show. Again, happy April Fools. Once again, we're fine. The show's doing great. We are breaking into markets across the world each and every day. We're getting new water treaters listening to us each and every day. Of course, it never hurts for you to tell somebody you know about the Scaling Up H2O podcast. That one, sure, we never have the comments that I made in the introduction of this show. But again, all in good fun. Speaking of good fun, on April 14th, one of my favorite things, we're doing another hang. The hang is where we all get together on a Zoom call. We meet some new friends, we have some fun, we do some conversations, and then we play a little game at the end. It is not complete unless you are there. And the only way that you can be there is by going to scalinguph2o.com forward slash hang You can register for that hang. Again, it's going to be April 14th at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We will start promptly at 6 p.m. Eastern time and end exactly at 7 p.m. Eastern time, exactly one hour you can schedule before it, you can schedule after it. I'll make sure that we stay on time and I'll also make sure that we have a lot of fun. Again, go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash hang to register. A couple of other events that are coming up is the Water Quality Association is having their convention April 6th through 8th In Orlando, Florida. For more information on that, go to our show notes page for episode 245. And then on April 10th through 14th, if you live in Poland, you can attend the Wastewater Resource Recovery Conference. So if you want to find out more about this conference, go to our show notes page And we'll have all the information for you and where you can go to get more right there in one easy spot. Folks, I know that you are most likely driving from account to account and you cannot take notes on these podcasts. Don't worry. My staff is awesome and they make sure that you have everything that you need to find more information about what we are talking on this and other podcasts, all you need to do is go to scalingoph2o.com and you will see an absolute treasure trove Of all the things that we talked about here, maybe you want to find another episode that we mentioned on today's show. Well, if we mentioned it on today's show, it's going to be in the show notes, but maybe we mentioned it on another show and you don't remember which one that was, but you remember the topic. Folks, put that topic in the search and that show will come up. Maybe you remember a particular guest name, but you don't remember the topic. Put that in and that will come up. We try to make it as easy as possible for you to devour this content when you see fit and go and research anything you want to learn more about. So if you haven't visited the Scaling Up H2O website, make sure you do that because you're only getting a small portion of the podcast if all you're doing is listening to the episodes. Now, thank you for listening to the episodes because we wouldn't have a show if you didn't listen to the episodes, but I just want to let people know of all of the great things that are waiting for you outside of these episodes as being part of the Scaling Up Nation that you can also access. Scaling Up Nation, before I introduce you to our next guest, I want to introduce you to somebody that needs no introduction. Of course, he's a regular fixture on the Scaling Up H2O podcast. Here's our friend, James McDonald.
1: Welcome to Thinking on Water with James, the segment where we don't give you the answers, we give you the topics and questions for you to think about, drop by drop. Now let's get to it. In this week's episode, we're thinking about what times of the year evaporation is the heaviest and lightest in a cooling tower. How do the humid, dog days of summer impact cooling tower evaporation? Conversely, how do the frigid days of winter impact evaporation? How does this factor into your industrial water treatment calculations? What is the yearly average for evaporative cooling in your area? 75%? 80%? Something else? How do changing rates of evaporation impact the holding time index throughout the year? And why could this matter? Take this week to think about how cooling tire evaporation may change with the seasons and the impact it may have on your system. Be sure to follow hashtag TOW22 and hashtag ScalingUpH2O to share your thoughts on each week's Thinking on Water. I'm James McDonald, and I look forward to learning more from you.
0: James, as always, Thanks again, always getting us thinking, always challenging us to do a little bit more. And folks, when you challenge yourself every day, you are going to get so much better. Just little things that you can do will make you better at what you do, and it will also make sure that you are never bored folks it's boring to be bored and this is not a boring job if you do it correctly so if you ever feel that you are in a rut that you are bored doing this amazing job of industrial water treatment that is a check engine light on your career. It means you are doing it wrong and you need to take your career to a mechanic. Well, maybe you need to take it to James McDonald. Maybe you need to take it to the Scaling Up H2O podcast and you need to do something different. You need to expand what you're doing, what you're thinking and how you're doing all of that. Just little tweaks each and every day will keep the job interesting because you're gonna be learning things and you're going to get out of the day-to-day mundane of wash, rinse, repeat. It's very easy to do that in this job, but folks, that's not how to do it correctly. Get your owner's manual out. It says right on the cover there that you're not supposed to do that. Make sure you're doing something a little bit different each and every time you do a particular task. If you're running a test, learn how that test works. Learn why the reactions are taking place. Learn what happens if there's some interferences and what happens in those reactions. When you understand things like that, it allows you to become better at what you do and you will have a whole new appreciation of you being an industrial water treater. Well, now it's time for our interview and I know you're going to enjoy this. So let's get right to it. My lab partner today is marketing professional Mark Robinson. Mark, welcome to the Scaling Up H2O podcast.
2: Thank you and thank you for listening today, listener.
0: Mark, you and I met with a mastermind group that I'm a member of. I run my own mastermind group that I promote here on the podcast called the Rising Tide Mastermind, but the group that I'm a member of is called Iron Sharpens Iron. So uh, you are an ISI brother.
2: That's right. I really enjoyed getting to know some of the brothers in that group, and I think it's very beneficial. Masterminds are a great idea, and I encourage your listener to join yours if it's right for them.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Mark, I always have a hard time when I'm speaking with new prospective members of the Rising Tide Mastermind because I always feel I'm speaking from the perspective of the founder of the organization. So they almost expect me to say certain things. You being a member of the Mastermind, I being a member of the same Mastermind, what's something that you think the listeners should know that maybe I'm not getting my point across right?
2: When you hear about a Mastermind, it's You know, It's a sales process for you, right? But for them, it's an opportunity to get into something that could be life-changing. So what I'd say is give it a shot. If you're unsure, give it a shot. If it doesn't work out after six months, then just tell Trace, hey, I'm going to leave the mastermind. I've, I've not gotten any value out of it, but you've got to give it six months.
0: That's good advice. And I will say there have been some people that have joined and they said, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. And two years later, they're still around.
2: Results that you give your members. Like what do you promise them? If I'm not in that same profession, I'm not really familiar with that.
0: Sure. So it's very similar to the group that that we're in. I offer somebody the ability to share issues and problem solve, and they can start at step five instead of step one, because somebody else in the group has already started on the issue, most likely, that they are dealing with. So they can already get a head start by having other people's experiences. And the other thing that we have in our industry is we're driving from accounts to accounts. We have owners of the company that they're kind of isolated because they're owners and we can be an island. So who do we talk to? Who do we tell our issues to? Or who do we even just relate to us that understands what we're going through? So that's what the mastermind offers.
2: That's awesome. I would expect them to get better results faster than than a mastermind where you're blending different professions. Not saying that those are bad because we're a member of one, but if you're being specific to your industry, I think they should see results quicker.
0: You're a mastermind expert and a fellow ISI brother, so I wanted to ask that question, but let's switch the topic back to you. Do you mind telling the Scaling Up Nation a little about yourself?
2: Well, I am very nerdy and I'm into marketing, so I consider myself a marketing addict. I like to look at logos and see what the hidden message is. I like to look at people's funnels and see what makes them work. So I'm a marketing nerd and I like investing on the side.
0: I love that. Well, that's something I definitely need help with. I'm a good salesperson, but when it comes to marketing, that's not something that I gravitate to. So let's start with this. We've all seen ad campaigns out there. And some, we might remember from 20 years ago. And in others, we are like, why did they spend good money on that? What makes something good versus bad? For me, Trace, what makes
2: marketing good is when someone hears the message and they take it and they internalize it and it becomes their own message. So an example of this from a metaphor standpoint is if you take your ideas, all those ideas that are in your head, and you condense them down into a tiny seed, and you can get someone to take that seed with them, that's the thought. They take that thought from your ad or from your marketing message, and they, they internalize that, and they begin to think about it. They're watering that idea like a seed is watered, and it will sprout, and then eventually it will grow. And once it grows, it is no longer your idea. It's theirs.
0: So, if we're a water treatment company owner, or maybe we work for a water treatment company and we know that we need to get a message out there, how should that conversation start and who should be in that conversation?
2: If the company has customers today, you would really want to start by establishing relationships with customers unless you already have them. And then have the customers jump on a Zoom call or on a meeting and record it and ask them what their problems are, how your product solves it, and how they would describe it to someone else.
0: So let's say we did that and graciously we had two or three customers join us on a Zoom call. We've got half a dozen issues that they said that we're solving for them. These are the things that we make their life easier with. What do we do with it then?
2: I hope that you recorded because we want to use those exact same words <laughs> to get the marketing message out there. So I would I would personally just open up a Google Doc and start putting this stuff in there and create what I would consider a sales letter. So it's a it's a longer document with the sales message, and from that I would extract things like a Facebook post or you know think about how would we put an ad in front of this? What kind of freebie could we give away? So if there's a common problem one of your members solves, then Maybe they make a guide to it, like the guide to dealing with scale inside of pipes or something like that, and they give it away for free in an ad or via email, and that's what I would do.
0: So, Mark, this is how you work with your clients. You will figure out how to create the message, all of that. Can you take us through what the process was if you and I were working together?
2: Well, the first thing I would do is understand you and your business and then dive deep into your customer. And the more you understand the customer's pains and results that they want, then the more you can create the right marketing that sells to the the customer, the results, the pains. I would walk you through that process and meet with several different customer segments if you have multiple customers, and we'd understand what their pain problems are. We'd map out the journey that makes sense for them to go on. Then we would create all the marketing content that takes them through that journey that ultimately Put them on the phone with you or have them click a button online to complete the sale.
0: So now that we've got all that, how would we market those ideas? Well, advertising is a
2: great way to get your idea out there. Facebook and Google are making a ton of money off of that business. Your personal relationships are a great way to get sales. I think you've had that experience for a good while now. So you can go the personal relationship route. You can use relationships you can talk to people who are influencers in a particular niche, like maybe it's a Facebook group. I'll use that as an example. Or maybe they have a mastermind that's in a different industry. And you could, you could talk to them and, and just say, hey, you know, what do you need help with? Or, or here's something I see I can help you with. And by the way, here's something that's really applicable to a painful problem that your audience is dealing with. And I'd be glad to give it away and even show up and do a free teaching on it. So those opportunities, I think, will naturally pop up or you can pursue them actively. That's how you get out there, ads or organic traffic. You can do SEO campaigns, but that's a very long long cycle to get your SEO up and running. And then a longer sales cycle, however long your sales cycle is on top of that. So it takes six months to get your organic traffic on Google. And then if your sales cycle is three months, that means if you started today trying to get traffic to your funnel or to your product, you'd have a nine-month lag. That's pretty rough for most people.
0: You and I both know somebody that's in our mastermind that recently sold their firm for just ridiculous money. And his firm got so big because he decided from day one, he was always going to spend 10% of whatever he made in his marketing budget. And as his company grew, that number stayed the same. It was always 10%. And it was an Atlanta based company. We saw billboards all around as his company was active and it really worked for him. I would say, as a whole, the industrial water treatment industry spends very few dollars on marketing. So, what's something you can say to the audience that might have them reconsider that?
2: I don't know the industry that well. Is this just an economic constraint? We don't have a lot of money to spend. We've got to keep investing into equipment and things like that.
0: I think there might be some of that. But then I also think that it's an industry issue where we're dealing with specific pieces of equipment that not everybody has. So the company that I just alluded to, I'm not going to say the name because I don't have his permission, but you know who I'm talking about. He had a service that everybody could use. I have a service that only a few select industries use. So am I wasting marketing dollars by doing a complete broadcast message? Is there a way that I can buy advertising and make sure that it is pinpointing where it needs to go? That was like five questions all in one. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk talk about pinpointing
2: uh, your advertising. You can absolutely pinpoint your advertising. And there's some software right now if you want to run online ads. We have a mutual friend that actually is a CMO of one of these companies and they can track your conversions. And a conversion is simply when someone becomes a customer or does an action that makes them a customer. So you can track your sales back to individual ads. So if you do run a broad spectrum online ad and you run, you know, five or six different versions of them, which is what you would do on like social media or something like that. Maybe not so much with LinkedIn, which is probably where your audience would be. LinkedIn, you can get really specific on the targeting. So you probably, you probably would set up the tracking, but you probably don't need it as much. And you can know exactly what ad created the customer. And you can know exactly how much profit you made from the ads. But, you know, that's that's a lot of work. And so if I'm in the water treatment industry and someone just brings me in and says, hey, I want to see some results and I don't want to spend a ton of money and I want to be extremely targeted, I would probably choose a lump mail approach, especially if you're in a small geographical area, like if you're in the Georgia area, right? And that's your, your only area is the state of Georgia. Then, you know, I would I would try sending a lump mail. And lump mail is this. If uh, one of your products takes sediment out of water, You know, somehow, then I would send potentially the people I wanted to buy my product a glass or a jar with sediment in there and maybe something like drink up, you know, and the the thing implied thing is you can't drink up because you haven't gotten out the sediment. And then on the package, if you're ready to clear things up, call, you know, Bob sediment removal or whatever it is. That's, That's the approach I would take at first to get accustomed to doing marketing. That might be considered a guerrilla marketing technique, but I think that would be good for someone in your industry. Get their mind thinking about different ways they can grab attention inexpensively and very targeted. Then they can scale to online advertising, LinkedIn, et cetera.
0: Well, you just call that a guerrilla marketing technique. What does that mean? It's you know, it's a reference to
2: the term that was used for guerrilla armies, right? They just you just do it yourself or you pick some people who you know are naturally good at it. They haven't necessarily been conferred the great scepter of marketing, you know. Like here you go, you're an official marketer, but they they have the creativity. Creative people can do that, and they don't have to be people who are good at design. If you've got someone who's good at solving plumbing problems, maybe that person's creative mind could also figure out a marketing strategy that would work for
0: you. It makes me think of a friend who's a graphic designer of mine, and he found out that one of his customers was a remote car fanatic. And so he found this remote control car and sent him the car without the controller and said if he set up an appointment with him, he'd bring the controller with him. Is that a guerrilla tactic? (laughs) That is. So the point is, we just have to think outside the box and we have to think about our message and think about who needs to ultimately receive that message. So maybe this might help our audience. I know it's definitely going to help me. If you're game, you're familiar with the Scaling Up H2O podcast. My goal is to reach every industrial water treater on the planet. Uh, We're about 12,000 people now. About 90% is in the United States. And then we have uh, about 80-something other countries where we have people are listening to us. One of my goals is to try to increase those numbers so we can elevate the bar in industrial water treatment. So if you and I were having a meeting, what would be some of the things we would be talking about?
2: If you and I were meeting, the first thing I would look at, because you do have content in the form of a podcast and a website, I would look at things on your website. I would want to see if you want to reach people in the international market, I would want to see, do you actually have the right settings on your uh i assuming you use wordpress right
0: that's correct that is correct i use wordpress
2: yeah so there's settings on the wordpress site and if you don't have them set correctly you're actually saying to google don't send me international seo traffic
0: had no idea that was even a thing
2: yeah so all that great content is not accessible and then you think about the languages you know you you want to actually have translations of those and if you want that done I, you know i've got the guy for you we can talk about it later that's not a big deal. That's the first thing I would look at. And then I would want to know, you know, you have a very similar mission to the folks that wrote the book, uh, the manager tools podcast and the book on management. Um, I forgot the name of their title, but you might be familiar with manager tools.
0: I am familiar with that podcast. It is on my favorites. So the question I
2: have is, you know, they have a goal to have management within 500 years what's your reach goal in term of time? Like, when do you want to have reached every person that's in the water treatment business?
0: And I don't have an answer to that. I've never <laughs> really thought about it. I just want more. I, I figure the, the more people that are listening, the more people that are pouring into this show with questions they want answers to, the better the show becomes. And something that I think really drives this show is it can be lonely out there. As I mentioned when we were talking about the mastermind so this show provides a community, and I, I lovingly call that community the Scaling Up Nation.
2: Yeah, so it sounds like for Scaling Up Nation, really, they just need a tool to help spread the message. That's, that's my initial reaction for reaching the world. So just like Manager Tools has a, a tool, it's a book now, it was a podcast and an approach, it's quite possible you know, the things you're developing in your mastermind will become the toolbox that everyone's using they'll put a name on it and then they'll start teaching other people and I think you'll see naturally people coming to you to listen to the podcast and be part of that nation scaling up nation
0: what are some of the things you think drive some of the best marketing campaigns
2: I think there's one main component and it's a very deep connection to the person you're trying to reach that is Built upon a foundation of love. So, just use an example of a very successful campaign. And I know I'm using the air quotes here for campaigns, but if you look at the Apostle Paul, if you have studied the Christian religion, you'll know that his his message, he actually left his own people to go to this very peculiar, unknown way. And yet, he is influential still today because it's the church of St. Paul, you know it's St. Paul's Cathedral. It's not Judas' Cathedral. There's no cathedral named after Judas. He totally went off on his own in a, in a new direction and was able to not only pull it off, but be successful.
0: What are some of the attributes we think we can learn from that to apply today?
2: So looking at Paul's life, we see that he had a deep connection to the individual. He let go of everything he owned, and he abandoned himself to serve others and love others. And a successful campaign is based on loving other people and giving them what they need and what they want. One of the most successful marketers in the history of the United States of America was a young man who grew up in a Scotch Presbyterian family. His mom was very conservative. His dad was a preacher. And he decided to, even though he had studied for the profession of preaching, he decided ministry, he decided to depart from that and actually go into business and ultimately became a very successful marketer because he knew exactly how the common man thought and believed after spending so much time around him. And that's what marketing is for. It's for us. It's the common individual, not someone who's haughty, but someone who's who works every day and is trying to raise a family. He knew what they wanted and he sold them what they wanted and he was extremely successful. And his name's Claude Hopkins, by the way, author of the book Scientific Advertising. So good that it's still relevant today, even though the copyright has expired. That's how long ago that was.
0: Well, that makes me think about our industry because we have a plethora of multi syllabolic words, and we have no issue with letting everybody know that we know how to pronounce those. But nobody cares, so we are talking about the technology, we're talking about the chemistry, but we're just talking to ourselves. How should our message be?
2: I come back to the gorilla thing. You know, if I were selling water treatment, I don't know the specific products, it's really hard, but I would, I would send out bottles of water, not plastic, but like glass bottles of water out of the system that's, that's creating it and it needs to taste really good. And I would, I would say things like clarity, clear, Pure, enjoyable. Maybe have pictures of girls on, you know, little girls drinking water on the bottle, having you know someone pick me up at a baseball game or something like that, and showing the purity of the water. I would bypass all that complex industry terminology.
0: So, if you could only get one message across today to our listeners, what do you want that message to be?
2: I think there's two key messages you need to leave with today. First of all, don't do marketing randomly. Don't do a Facebook ad because someone else ran a Facebook ad. Marketing has to be done as a result of thinking and strategy. And then the last thing I would say is if it's not measurable, it's not marketing. If you do LinkedIn posts, you need to go look at the post and copy the number down for the number of likes and shares and put that into a spreadsheet that's associated with that post or with all your posts. Everything you do in marketing has to be measured. Because otherwise, you don't know what's producing results. And that's, to me, the most frustrating situation
0: at the end. So as a marketing professional, you now get that feedback through the results. We've copied all that down. We can tell you what the, the Lump Mail campaign did. We can tell you what uh, our Facebook campaign did, our LinkedIn campaign. What will you then do to improve things? The first
2: thing I will do is eliminate anything that's unnecessary. That's usually the first place I start. I see people will have a website, but they'll have tons of other links on the page that don't lead the person to the action that we want them to take. So the first thing is elimination. And then we just begin to, uh, it's not really that complicated. It just takes a lot of time where we're looking at the content and saying, yeah, you know, what does Google think of this? What does Facebook think of this? What can we change? And we just change one thing at a time, and we wait for the results to come in.
0: Would that be an A/B campaign?
2: Yeah, we could be what we call split testing, where you're testing different websites. I launched one campaign, and and it was so it was so shocking. It, mostly, it was elimination, but it went from like this to that. It was from from the low percentages, of points of less than five to around 25 to 28 percent of the people that landed on that page took the action we wanted them to take. And it was mostly through elimination. I'd say 80 percent elimination on that particular site.
0: If people want to learn more about what you do and how to work with you, what should they do? Well, since they're trusted
2: friends of yours, if they're listening to this podcast, then I'm just going to give my cell phone number. You can drop me a text. I'm at 423-903-9432. So again, that's 423-903-9432.
0: I don't think anybody's ever given out their cell phone number on the podcast. You and I don't want to
2: chase people down via email. So you don't have to. You don't have to wait for a response. Just text me and I'll text you back.
0: Well, I've got a few more questions for you. So I call these the lightning round questions. These are the same questions I ask of all of my guests. Question number one, if you had the ability to go back in time and talk to your former self on your very first day as a marketing professional, what advice would you give yourself?
2: I think I would say to myself the same thing I've said to Scaling Up Nation. That's let's not do any random marketing. Let's not copy people just because they're getting success from that doesn't mean you will. Can you imagine me writing a bunch of blogs for an audience that doesn't like to read, like how horrible that would be? So I, I can't copy what others do. I have to do what's right for my audience. That's what I would tell my former self.
0: What are some of your favorite marketing books?
2: Well, I've already recommended Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins. And it went out of print and you know, it was reprinted. And then there are several different audio versions of it on Audible if you want to get that. And Trace may put a link in the show notes if he wants to. But get that book and listen to it. And actually, one of the geniuses of marketing went so far as to say, if you're going to be in that business and work for him, you need to read the book seven times. That's what he thought of the book. So that's saying something. And then another book that your audience might enjoy is the one-page marketing plan. It's not a one-page book, ironically, but the result is a 9.1-page marketing plan that at least gives you some a tool that you can have a conversation around with a marketing professional.
0: When Hollywood finds out about Mark Robinson, they're going to make a movie. Who do you want playing Mark?
2: I personally would want Liam Neeson. I need to ask my wife what she would say after this stuff.
0: Now, would that be uh, a, a Jedi Liam Neeson, or would that be more, I'm trying to remember the character that he played in Taken?
2: There's a movie where he's a safe cracker. And Honest Thief it would be
0: Liam Neeson from Honest Thief, I believe. There we go. You heard it here first. I'm sure he is waiting for this script. My last question, if you can talk with anybody throughout history, who would it be with and why?
2: If I could time travel, I would want to talk to Jesus. And if I couldn't talk to Jesus, I'd want to talk with George Washington, because he had a lot of free time between the American Revolution and his presidency, and Julius Caesar. Those are, those are my three most
0: important historical figures I would talk to. I think those are great choices. Well, Mark, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and, and wetting our appetites with how we should be thinking about marketing. And I want to tell you, most of us do not do a good job in the water treatment industry. So the things you've had us think about are definitely going to help us make better decisions.
2: Awesome. Thank you for having me
0: on, Trace. Well, Mark, once again, thank you for coming on the show As you might have heard, I know Mark from the mastermind that I am a member of. So yes, I am the founder of the Rising Tide Mastermind, which is a mastermind group that just caters to people in our industry But I'm also a member of another mastermind because I need to make sure that I am getting what I need so I can give it to other people. And that's the key to life, I think. We need to make sure that we are getting so we can give. We can't give others what we don't have. And I met Mark through the Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind And just a a great organization and so many great people within that mastermind. Now, maybe you're listening and you have no idea what a mastermind is. And maybe you have heard me talk about the mastermind before and you just haven't done anything about it. The mastermind is a simple word that just means people are getting together And they are helping themselves by helping other people. Now, the Rising Tide Mastermind gets together each and every week, and we process issues with each other. We check in on each other. We hold each other accountable. We make sure that we are doing all the things that we need to do in order to get where we told each other we want to get to. And by being a member of the mastermind, we will arrive there quicker and we're going to have a lot more fun doing it because we celebrate each other's successes every step along that journey. Folks, some of the things that our mastermind members have achieved in the three short years that we have been in existence is just phenomenal. And it's because we are all helping each other get where we want to go faster. People are knocking their goals out of the park. And you might be thinking, goals? I don't have any goals. I don't know how to set goals. So how would I even begin? Well, folks, that's all part of what we do in the Rising Tide Mastermind. It will make sure that you can be the best that you can be. In order to find out if this is the right group for you, please go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm going to be honest, this isn't the right group for everybody, but there is a group out there that is right for you if this isn't the right one. Now you don't know if you don't go to the website scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind and then once you fill out an application, you and I will have an interview. You can ask all your questions to me. I wanna ask some questions of you. We will figure out if this is the right place for you. And if it is, I want you to be the next member of the Rising Tide Mastermind. Not too long from now, we're going to have our live event coming up. The live event is where everybody comes into Atlanta and we just have a supercharged meeting where you just really get involved in everything that we do within the group. We have speakers come in, we do workshops, we have activities, we do social events, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And you take all of those things that we do during the live event, and you can hardly wait to start applying those When you get back in your day to day, it is the supercharger that will charge your battery for the balance of the year. It's just amazing what we cover within the live event, but the secret sauce is the fact that everybody is there. We're seeing each other, we're pouring into each other, we're making each other better. And folks, life is just too short to do it alone. And we make sure that we are helping each other with each and every step of life. Again, go to scalinguph forward slash mastermind. You know, a couple of things that I hope you are thinking about with the interview that we had with Mark Robinson, is that marketing is not a mystery. It's a system, and hopefully you're now putting those systems together after some of the things that Mark said, And the next time that you are developing either some of your marketing material, maybe it's a website, whatever it is, you're looking at it as a system and you're using that system to make sure the end result is better than it ever has been before. And you're not doing anything random you're making sure you're using that system through all aspects of however you're marketing. Maybe it's landing pages. Maybe it's some sort of lead magnets that you're bringing your customers in. Maybe it's posting that you're doing on social media. Maybe it's something that you're doing at trade shows. Maybe it's some sort of cold calling effort. Whatever it is, you're now putting that within this system And as Mark said, if you're not measuring it, it's not marketing. And sales and marketing is one of the easiest things to measure. It gets us so much data and we can use that data to figure out if what we're doing is getting traction. And if it is, we keep doing it. If it's not, we can make minor tweaks to it to see if it does get us more traction and it allows us to not spend any more effort on things that just aren't working. Well, Nation, for more information about Mark and what he does and what he spoke about today, go to our show notes page. This will be episode 245. We'll have all of that laid out in the show notes page. And Nation, I'm sorry about the introduction. Again, just trying to have a little fun on April Fool's Day. We're not going anywhere. In fact, in just two episodes, episode 247 will mark our fifth anniversary. Five years of scaling up H2O. I couldn't have done it without you. So I'll be with you next week. In the meantime, have a great week, folks. Nation, where do you want to go? What is the next step for you and how are you going to get there? Those are tough questions and they're even tougher when you're trying to answer them on your own. That's why I've created the Rising Tide Mastermind because you don't have to be on your own anymore. We all take value in you reaching your next level to success and we will help you get there. Go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind to find out more.